I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash the debaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada, consider us your friend indeed. From Winnipeg and friendly Manitoba, it's the Debaters! The Debaters, where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now here's a man who is your friend to the end, Steve Patterson! Hey! Hello, Canada! Welcome back to The Debaters, and it is truly great to be back here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh, yes. Winnipeg, a city that is truly for lovers. Recently, a young couple from Kenora, Saskatchewan, traveled 400 kilometers to Winnipeg to get married. If you're from Kenora, Winnipeg is basically Cancun. (laughs) The only hiccup was that they didn't know anyone in Winnipeg. So they put out a call on social media for strangers to attend their big day. And guess what? A bunch of people showed up. And I think this is a great idea because there's much less family drama at a wedding if there's no actual family there. (laughs) Now, are you ready to meet two debaters who've exchanged vows to make you laugh? What do you say, Winnipeg? (laughs) This is gonna be a good start. This comic thinks the Romans must have partied hard because they left the city in ruins. It's Hamilton, Ontario's Mace Galoni. Mace Galoni, there he is, making his way to my right. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. And this comic quit her job at the trampoline factory after her first paycheck bounced. (laughs) It's Vancouver's Erica Sigurdsson. Oh, Erica. There she is. On my left. Uh, We feel that this topic is perfect for you two golden arch enemies. McDonald's, is it the greatest restaurant in the world? (laughs) Now, I'm not sure about that, but I do know which restaurant reigns supreme in Winnipeg, the Salisbury House. Right? It's not only a place to get a great Salisbury steak, but you can also get burgers, which are called nips. True story. You can order a nips and chips. And those chips come with a dip so good you'll flip. But don't lose your grip on that nip because someone could slip. Wait, maybe I'm thinking of the Dr. Seussberry house. It's different, it's still good. Anyway, it's time for a debate that will teach us all a thing one or thing two. So. (laughs) 
Whereas its burgers, fries, and golden arches are globally iconic, be it resolved that McDonald's is the greatest restaurant in the world. Mace, only you could be arguing for this. You have two minutes starting now. Mace Galoni. Oh, thank you. We all know McDonald's is delicious. It's, it's so good that it made us all trust a clown. If you walked into any other business and you were greeted with a clown, you'd be like, I think I'm good, actually. But McDonald's is so good, you see Ronald and you're like, ah, he seems cool. Why wouldn't I trust him? He's hanging out with a criminal and a kidney. <laughs> people try to criticize McDonald's. I always see people post that video, like a time-lapse video of McDonald's beside other food to show that McDonald's doesn't decay. So what are you trying to prove? That McDonald's is the Halle Berry of cuisine? <laughs> Why would you criticize something for aging well? Like, do you also go into a nursing home and find the one grandmother that still has color in her hair and go, freak? But if it's not McDonald's, what is it? Are you gonna let some like pretentious foodie tell you that the best restaurant is like an obscure tapas restaurant that will never get a chance to go to? Oh, also, by the way, if you don't know what tapas is, that's uh, if someone made appetizers unappetizing. <laughs> but McDonald's is not just good for the taste buds, it's also good for the community because while many governments deny their citizens free childcare and daycare, McDonald's has the play place where <laughs> Yeah, you can leave your kid for days at a time. <laughs> they will be there when you get back, I guarantee it. Where are they gonna run away to? They're already at McDonald's. And also, that's not to mention that McDonald's does incredible charity work. With their Ronald McDonald House charities, they actually provide a bunch of homes for sick children to stay while they're being treated. And as I understand it, uh, Erica hates that, obviously. Um, <laughs> She would actually prefer to eat at a restaurant where you can watch a sick child sleep outside in the rain, but not all of us vote for the uh, villain in Oliver Twist, but I think what McDonald's does is amazing, and uh, that's it. Thank you. Mace Galoni, on behalf of McDonald's, and those who are listening and can't see him should know that he's wearing a McDonald's t-shirt my best McDonald's t-shirt. Right. Now, here to air some of her beefs about why McDonald's burgers make her flip her lid, let's hear from Erica Sigurdsson. Thank you. Uh, I have to apologize if I seem a little taken aback after Mace's opening statement. When I was asked to debate this topic, I assumed I was debating a five-year-old. <laughs> not a full-grown man who may or may not be sexually active. <laughs> and if it's not, it's probably because he keeps taking his girlfriend to McDonald's for date night. <laughs> now, McDonald's is great at a lot of things. Their training program, community involvement, and yes, Ronald McDonald Children's Charities. Their motivations for eating at McDonald's, on the other hand, falls into a different category. Like, I'm hungry, I'm really busy, or I'm a bad mom. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> McDonald's is actually for kids when they're with their dad after the divorce. 
it weren't for Happy Meal toys, there would be no toys at Dad's apartment. <laughs> Winnipeg, you need to know that I'm not some Vancouver vegan who's trying to besmirch the golden arches, which, by the way, aren't golden, they're yellow, but whatever. <laughs> That's the least of their marketing untruths. And I know because I have insider information. I worked for McDonald's, and I can tell you that eight years of free McDonald's food did not prepare me to make Michelin star food. It kind of gave me the body of the Michelin man's wife. <laughs> But listen, once you've seen how the sausage McMuffin is made, you can say with absolute certainty, McDonald's is not the greatest restaurant in the world. And Mace, when it comes to your all beef patty diet, trust me when I say you deserve a break today. Thank you. Erica Sigurdsson. It is time for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether McDonald's is the greatest restaurant in the world. So hit your opponent with a Big Mac attack to get your quarter pound of flesh in this fast feud. Oh, there we go. That one left a bad taste in your mouth, did it? But now that you know the filet of the land, Why don't you give us some supersized laughs now? Er Sorry, Erica, did you just, you put something on. What oh, is that? It's my management name tag. <laughs> it gives me an air of authority. Gives you an air of elitism once again. Also, I just, before we start this, I'd like to uh, set the record straight a little bit. And I am sexually active. Okay. It, Thank you. Thank you. And not, in fact, sometimes, this is completely true, sometimes my girlfriend and I will order McDonald's and then become sexually active while we wait for it to be delivered. That is... It gets is, delivered pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's, let's erase some of those visuals. We're at an afternoon taping. Mace, a great restaurant has a wine list, takes reservations, and has a dress code a little more specific than no shirt, no shoes, no service. Well, some of us, Erica, can go to breakfast without requesting a wine list. Uh -huh. I'm wow. not even in trying to insult you. I'm just concerned. Like, this is a matinee show, and you were pretty hammered at soundcheck this morning. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've been to like fine dining establishments, but they spare no expense. Everything is elevated. Even when you go to the washroom, they have a washroom attendant, someone who will hand you a towel and then you just tip them a loony or a toonie. Well, that, yeah, that's not that. I mean, there's also people in the McDonald's bathroom that'll ask you for change. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop the bare knuckle around. All right. Nice work, my friend. And it's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on McDonald's brought to you by Harvey's Hamburgers. <laughs> Harvey's Hamburgers, a truly Canadian success story in that no one in the U.S. has ever heard of them. <laughs> Here we go. 
What 1983 Happy Meal toy is widely considered one of the worst Happy Meal toys of all time? Erica. My first defibrillator. <laughs> three points. Three point answer, Erica Sigurdsson. Mace Galoni. A coupon for Harvey's? <laughs> I like that. I like that. I would enjoy that. One point. No, widely considered one of the worst Happy Meal toys of all time. A toothbrush and toothpaste. <laughs> this is a terrible toy. They immediately scrapped plans for the 1984 meal toy, a mortgage calculator. <laughs> the world's two best-selling McDonald's menu items are its Big Mac and French fries. What surprising item reportedly comes in at number three? Erica. Regret. <laughs> Sorry, no. Nick Regret. The audience has given you one and a half for that. Mace Galoni. I was going to say, fistful of stolen ketchup. <laughs> Packages or loose. Uh. It sounds like the dumbest Western movie in the world. <laughs> and a fistful of ketchup. Uh, the, uh, number three, this is surprising, snack wraps. That's the firing line, everybody. It's almost time for the audience to vote here in the beautiful Jubilee Place in Winnipeg. But first, here with almost 99 billion reasons to avoid McDonald's, let's hear again from Erica Sigurdsson. Winnipeg, you have the chance to make a big difference in Mace's life, to encourage him to think outside the box of McNuggets and dine in a restaurant where the chairs don't swivel. A world in which the table setting does not include a placemat and a word search. <laughs> and your server doesn't describe the amuse-bouche and then invite you to enjoy the ball pit, which, by the way, is served with just a soupçon of urine. <laughs> a restaurant whose most descriptive word for its orange drink was orange drink. <laughs> should not be trying to claim the title of the best restaurant in the world. McDonald's should stay in their own lane, which is most likely alongside the building operating as a drive-through. Thank you. Erica Sigerson. Good points. Just a soupçon of urine. Good name. Thank you, Erica. Now here delivering a special saucy speech about his love of McDonald's while keeping his eyes on the fries. And I can tell I'm making him hungry as I say this. It's Mace Galoni. Thank you. Um, I should admit to you guys that there actually is one restaurant that I like better than McDonald's. And that's a McDonald's inside a Walmart. <laughs> it's just better. It's, way, it's like a regular McDonald's, but without all that irritating sunlight and... <laughs> nauseating fresh air, you know? Uh, I was in a Walmart McDonald's recently and I was in line and uh, a guy came in and he was acting kind of sketchy. He got so angry, he started threatening out of nowhere to fight everybody else in line at the McDonald's. He just pointed at each of us and yell at us, let's go right now. And this is how good McDonald's is. Not one of us left that line. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. We're all just like, you know what? We might get sucker punched, but we are getting nuggets. People will criticize McDonald's. They'll say that it's just for drunk people and children. But you know what? Those are the two most honest groups of people in the world. <laughs> so you can be a liar and vote for Erica, or you can be honest like a drunk baby <laughs> and vote for McDonald's. Thank you. Mace, Mace Galoni. Wow. Winning hearts and maybe changing minds. Let's see. It is up to you to vote Winnipeg by applause who appreciated Mace's willingness to shamrock shake things up in support of McDonald's, Mace Galoni. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Wow. Listen to that, Canada. Wow. And who agreed with Erica that we all deserve a break today from McDonald's, Erica Sigurdsson. It's nice. Nice support on both sides. But this audience agrees with our drunk baby. McDonald's is the greatest restaurant. Mace Galoni wins. Big hand for Mace Galoni and Erica Sigurdsson, everyone. You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? Let's do it! Listen to that! This is gonna be a good one. Looking forward to this one. This comic thought that playing the trumpet, the sax, and the trombone made him too horny. It's Vancouver's Ryan Williams! Come on out, Ryan! There he is, striding purposefully across the stage to my right. And this comic thinks that underground parkade sounds like a disgusting drink. It's Ottawa's Rob Pugh! Rob Pugh! Looking sharp, my friend. Hey, it's just good to be here, Stephen. We have picked the perfect debaters for a topic that we think is a good one for us to tackle. Professional football. With all its injuries and lack of inclusivity, is it time to make some changes? Every year when network TV offers viewers the Super Bowl, a different channel offers viewers the Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl, it's a real thing where actual puppies play with footballs. You haven't even seen it and you love it, right? I love it because puppies are way less maintenance than young multimillionaires. And there's nothing quite like the exciting last few seconds of a puppy bowl game when no matter the score, we see the heel Mary pass. <laughs> it, was just, it was just for Rob. Yep, well, I've lost them, Canada. I've lost them. Time now for a debate that will unleash the funny. So, 
Whereas it's a game built on tradition, toughness, and male bonding, be it resolved that nothing needs to change about professional football. Rob, you're arguing for this, please, my friend. You have two minutes, starting now. Rob Pugh. Uh, I think, you know, changing the NFL to address criticism that it's not safe or inclusive would be like changing summer to address the criticism that it's too hot and sunny. It's stupid. <laughs> sure, professional football may be a titch violent, but that's why people watch it. Big hits, hard tackles, the occasional bit of brain damage. It's all part of the game. I get today's modern people are squishier than a full diaper on a July afternoon. <laughs> well, what about the safety of the athletes? Hey, uh, your two-year-old just ate a battery, so maybe keep your eyes on your own field. <laughs> if we start making football safer and more inclusive, uh, what are we going to do with all the enormous men who have been honing their skills through years of literal blood, sweat, and tears? We can't just send them off to work at the spa. You want your Brazilian given to you by a 340-pound man with hands like a rusty dinner plate? <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> In conclusion, changing professional football to address criticism that is not safe or inclusive would be like taking the jalapeno out of the popper. What's the point? Let's keep football as it is, with all its rough and tumble glory. And if you don't like that, there's always soccer. <laughs> Thank you. Rob Pugh. Rob Pugh defending professional football. Now, here to say why watching football today is a real touch downer, let's hear from our football authority, Ryan Williams. Football teams are trying to be more progressive. Uh, the BC Lions now have a mixed-gendered cheer squad. The men and the women do the same dances, which is... Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't want male cheerleaders on my football field if they are not showing as much skin as the female cheerleaders. Yeah! That's not progressive. <laughs> Either no male cheerleaders or start showing off the gams, fellas. <laughs> Here is the cheerleader outfit for the female cheerleaders on the BC lines. We have a skirt that goes above the knee, shirt that goes above the navel. Here's the male cheerleader outfit, shirt that goes below the elbow, like we're on a freaking construction site. <laughs> Baggy track pants that don't even have buttons to tear away in case things get fun later. <laughs> Football is kind of gay. Football is also homophobic. The highest paid player and the biggest star quarterback puts his hands in a man's butt 500 to 900 times a season. On average, an NFL quarterback gets about 50 grand per butt touch. You and I, nothing. 
In 2012, Richie Incognito, if you don't know football, it sounds like the worst fake name you've ever heard. Um, if you know football, he's the worst guy. He committed some of the most vicious homoerotic bullying uh, and harassment, unlike 80s homoerotic bullying, which was sweaty and fun. Um, Three years later, the first openly gay CFL player debuted for the Montreal Alouettes, and he was subjected to something horrific, living in Quebec. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, the harassment was so bad, he retired after one game. Uh, football needs to accept it's a little gay, and that's a good thing. Thank you. We're talking about uh, football on The Debaters <laughs> on CBC, and it's time now for the Bare Knuckle Round. We're debating whether pro football could be more safe and inclusive, so please, no con cussing and no offensive lines, or I might get sacked. You'll get two points for safety. So instead of taking a knee, CF elevate each other. Don't be rouge. <laughs> Time to snap to it now. Thanks, Winnipeg. You know, we're in blue bomber country here, and I bet everyone in this room, yeah. That's, see, that's what I'm talking about. Everyone in this room has yelled, kill him, waiting in line at the bank. I got a question. If, uh, if you want to make a sport less violent, you know, then uh, the, how do you suggest we get the large angry man to lie on the ground and hand over the ball? Oh, right. Tickle fights. <laughs> I, uh... Uh... I'm so sorry. I forgot my next point. Well, that's uh, okay. Ah, uh, yes. I played football for 11 years and had a lot of serious concussions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well worth the wait. It is time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on football brought to you by quarterback. Quarterback, five times as great as Nickelback. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> According to one official NFL website, what are the benefits of children playing football? Rob. Oh, someone else hitting your children. <laughs> yeah, saw a lot of, lot of dads covering their kids' ears and, and really laughing at that one. Three points. Ryan Williams. Uh, seeing if your dad needs therapy by watching him in the stands. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that was comedy or counseling. I'm going to give you a point. The benefits of children playing football improved motor skills, cardiovascular health, and bone strength. I don't know how. I just read them. Finish this line from the Disney football movie, Remember the Titans. I'm going to hit you so hard that what? Rob. Uh, you'll take me to HR and uh, write a strongly worded letter. 
<laughs> Three points. <laughs> Ryan Williams. I'm gonna hit you so hard, you're gonna forget Ryan Gosling was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, three points. The actual answer, I'm gonna hit you so hard, by the time you come to, you're gonna need a new haircut. It's not as good. That's the firing line, everybody. We are just around the corner from the audience vote here at Jubilee Place. But first, here again with some passing thoughts on why football needs to change that he hopes are widely received. Let's hear again from Ryan Williams. Uh, football used to be played with leather helmets. The forward pass was illegal. A football was made of pigskin. Washington used to be called, was uh, told I can't say it on CBC radio. Uh, <laughs> 20 college football players died in games in the 1905 season. It's a game that has only gotten better with change, and it can change a lot. A decade after the disaster of the first openly gay CFL player, September 2021, Carl Nassib, the NFL's first openly gay player, strip sacked former MVP Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football. For the layman, that is one of the three coolest things a defensive player can do. Football can change its mindset and still be a winner. Everyone has the right to get brain damage. <laughs> Ryan Williams, bringing it all, all together at the end. Oh, thanks, buddy. He's <laughs> a good spokesperson. Now, here again with his thoughts on professional football being the more things need to change, the more they should just stay the same. Let's hear again from Rob Pugh. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I com completely disagree with my competitor. I don't think football is nearly violent or exclusive enough, is what I'm saying. <laughs> let's go over the top. Let's make it really entertaining. I say uh, we let's, let's get steroids. Let's get them, let's make them legal. <laughs> readily available. And I want to see just how fast a human being can move with a football in their arms before parts start coming off them, like a, <laughs> like at a rickety space shuttle on re-entry, you know? I want to see a middle linebacker hit a QB so hard his eyes leave his head like a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> I want to witness a special teams pop a punt returner with such velocity that he actually pops. Red Mist, are you not entertained? I understand that big man being big and bad isn't for everyone, and, and that's why we have a remote control so you and your soft bottom can catch up with the Kardashians. Thank you very much. Rob Pugh. Well, audience, it's up to you to pick a winner by applause. Who agreed that Rob didn't flag, nor did he fumble his words about football staying the same? Rob Pugh. Yay. Good support, strong support for Rob. And when Ryan proclaimed that pro football needs to change, which of you changed your minds? Ryan Williams. The audience has 
spoken. They want to see change. The winner is Ryan Williams. Let's make football better. Big hand for Ryan Williams and Rob Pugh, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying to all you fantasy football fans out there, you have very different fantasies than I do. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night. The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Josh Bailey, Graham Clark, Chloe Edbrook, and Nicole Callender. With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis, and Gary Jones. Technical production by James Perella and Lloyd Peterson. Story editing by Gary Jones. With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys, Emily Ferrier, and David Pride. Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Jubilee Place Theatre and the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.